0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Uh, John 18, verses 33 and 34. It's now, Thursday is coming to a close. Friday is dawning. Jesus has already eaten the Passover. Caiaphas wants to eat it on the Sabbath day. Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath can do it anytime. time. That's why we did communion every Sunday in the quarter. It's not just you do it on the first Sunday. We chose to do that. But we know the Lord of the Sabbath. If you want a communion every day, you can do it because he freed us to do it. He told us the man was not made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made for the man for the human being. Here's what it reads. Then Pilate entered the Praetorium again. So he again, he was going out, talking to Caiaphas, because Caiaphas was, didn't want to defile himself. He didn't know he was already defiled. And then he would go back in. So now Pilate went out, and then he came back in. The Praetorium, in contemporary knowledge or contemporary uh, lingo is the governor's mansion. Pilate was the governor. So he's at the governor's mansion. And you know, a governor over their state, let's keep it 2023, over their state, they have eminent domain. They have a type of sovereignty. So the reason Caiaphas brings him to Pilate, is because he wants to leverage his sovereignty. And before they get to this point, if you read a few verses up, they're going back and forth. And Pilate's like, why are you bringing him to me? You, I don't know nothing about your law. You judge him. You're the high priest. He said, no, no, no. We don't kill anybody. In other words, this is a religious piety. We don't kill anybody. We bring him to somebody else to do it. <laughs> See, I want to keep Seriously, that's what he was doing, and he thought he was right. The devil will mess you up. You think you're right, and you're so far out of the will of God, you need a guide to lead us back. So now, he comes back in, and he's talking to him in the praetorium. What's the praetorium? The governor's mansion. And now he called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Listen to this language. He calls him and he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? I want God wants to teach us a lesson about discernment. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where they're, they're making a statement in the form of a question? They're making a statement because if somebody has said it's, it's a statement. If you have a question, you're asking. It doesn't say they were ask, that he was asking, he said. And I don't know about you, but me, once I see that, I know the person is not looking genuinely looking for information. I know that they're not ser- sincerely exploring to try and find out. They're trying to make their point. That means they're not listening. And are you zealous to to respond to a person that you know they have an agenda? He said, so he's making a statement in the form of a question. Let's see how Jesus responds to that. He says, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? I love Jesus. He's a master. He's a master. See, the world says don't ask a question with a question. Jesus does it all the time, but he does it with purpose. He does it with purpose. Linguistics can't touch him. And so, you know what this question is like? It is like unto the question, who do men say that I am? And then what's the follow-up? Who do you say that I am? He's saying, who told you this? Did you have a revelation of who I am? Or did you hear it from somebody else? What do you think the answer is? He heard it from somebody else. He heard it from somebody else. You know who that somebody else is? His wife. His wife, while he was on the judgment seat, the Bible says. And I, if you have your phone, if you have a Bible we're not going to put it on the screen. This is a way we engage together. It's in Matthew 27 and 19. And if you don't have a Bible and you have a Bible app, get it on your phone. If you don't have a Bible app, I'm going to show you something. Just get, open up your browser and type in Matthew 27, 19. So that way you always have the Bible with you. If you don't have a physical one, you can get the word. And in there, you'll see that his wife had a dream. And she went to him and she said, don't have anything to do with this man. I have suffered many things because of him. Now you understand why Pilate washed his hands? Jesus understood his neutrality because he's disguising questions, statements with questions. Here's the question. Here's another thing that God wants me to ask you to take our discernment to another level. His wife says, don't have anything to do with this man. Don't have anything to do with him because I've suffered many things because of him. So let's assume that an angel visited her. So there are two types of angels, right? They're the heavenly angels who behold the face of God, and they're angels who left their first estate. There's a purpose. Can I take my time? I'm trying to teach, because there are people who need to hear this. And the ones who left their first estate, they're referred to in the Bible as demons. But when they're the angels of God, they're angels. Sometimes you'll name them Gabriel or Michael. So she has a dream, and that that dream has influenced her to tell her husband while he's about to make a judgment, don't do this. Now, do you think that's of God or of the devil? Let me give you a little more information. Peter, who's the chief apostle, when Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? He spoke up and he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. So he was clear, that came from heaven. And then Jesus began to tell his disciples how he was gonna die. That same Peter, almost in the same breath said, no, this shall never happen to you. And then Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. For you savor not the things of God, but of men. The same one who had a revelation was influenced by something else. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Because Jesus could pick it up. He was so intimate with his father. When something else came in, he could see it. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup, and then take this cup from me because he didn't, it wasn't death that he feared. He had power over death. No one takes my life. I have power to lay it down, power to take it up. With the process and the pain, he was saying, can you get me there a less painful way? And he submitted his will to his father. So it's clear from that, that the will of God is that he go to the cross. Pilate is making a decision about whether he goes to the cross or not. His wife says, don't do it. So where do you think that came from? From heaven or from another place? If it's the will of God, come on, that's it. Come on, another place. Come on, that's a young man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, yes. See what the devil wants to do is short circuit things. He tries that with me, he tries that with you to short circuit. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. So Jesus said, who? How do you know this? Pilate doesn't answer the question. He moves on. (laughs) So now let's go down a little further to John 18 and 38. Pilate again. Now, before we get to John 18 and 38, I'm going to pick it up in a minute, but I want to just make sure that you get this. I want you to get it. Jesus, He asked Pilate, Pilate asked Jesus about who he was. And if you were, are you the king of the Jews? Peter said, I mean, or Jesus said, you're right, I am. And and Pilate then follows up and he wants to know if you're the king of the Jews, why do the Jews want to kill you? He's like, I don't have anything against you. It's the Jews who are doing this. And Jesus says this, I am not from this world. I am not from this world. I have a kingdom, but it's another kingdom. He said, because if I was from this world, my servants would fight for me. And what I take from that, because of how I grew up, when Jesus said, I'm not from this world, my identity in him, I'm not from here. Somebody tell your neighbor, I'm not from here. You better ask somebody, you got me wrong because I'm not from here. See, people think I'm supposed to act a certain way because that's what the culture does. But you need to tell them, I'm not from here. And I want you to know the world recognizes us because we're different. On that same Thursday night, while Jesus is being questioned questioned outside, somebody comes to Peter, the one whose ear got healed. The Caiaphas servant whose ear Peter cut sees him warming his hand by the fire, and he goes up to him, and he says, I know you. You're that dude who was in the garden. Peter's like, man, I don't, know. What you, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not him. I'm not the one. I'm not him. See, Peter didn't have the boldness to say what Jesus did. Jesus, I'm not from here. Because if I was, my servants would fight. You have no power over me except it be given you from heaven. I want you to know there's no power over earth, on earth, that has any power over you except it's given from heaven. You need to put your shoulders back, hold your head up high, and be able to say, I'm not from here. I'm a part of a kingdom that is more powerful than any system of this world. I'm not from here. And then Peter, a damsel, came up. And just like you and me, because God, we speak differently. We're like him. We identify with him even when we're not trying. And they said, the young lady said, you're a Galilean. Your speech testifies against you. And then he had to turn up the volume and prove he was like the world. He started cursing. If you want the world to think, okay, you're just like me, you start cursing. And they're like, okay, you cool, you cool, you want us. Come on, man, let's go to the club. You're befriending the world. Are you, Selah, do you see what I'm saying? This all happened in the Bible. I'm just trying to make it plain. For people who don't get the King James, I wanna speak Philly in 2023. Next thing, I'm gonna find a John in the scripture. Get that John. You know a John is everywhere because it's both a noun and a verb. A John is the most flexible word. It's a noun and a verb all at the same time. People on the live stream are not from Philly. What's a John? It's a Philly thing. John 18 and 38 says, Pilate said to him, again, a statement disguised as a question. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went again to the Jews and said to, him, to them, I find no fault in him at all. I find no fault in him at all. I'm the governor, I've overseen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of guilty people. In fact, there's a dude in prison, his name is Barabbas. I know he's guilty. He killed somebody. They said, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. The world will receive a convicted felon, a criminal who's guilty before they'll receive Jesus. And we're gonna talk about why, because the truth is hidden. See, we're blessed because we know the mysteries of the kingdom. Blessed are your eyes because they see. Blessed are your ears because they hear. There are people who can't see. So be, the mysteries of the kingdom have been hidden until now. So be patient with them. It's not that they want to be rebellious. They can't see. And maybe God sent you so the veil can fall off their eyes. The scales can fall from their eyes. So just like Jesus with Pilate had more patience than I would have because once I see that you have an ulterior motive and you're disingenuous, then you, you become like Charlie Brown's mother. Wah, 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 wah. I'm looking at you, I don't hear a word you said. We can't have a conversation because you're talking to yourself. But even with that, Jesus was still probing because he knew who he was. Pilate didn't know who he was, but he knew what he was. Do you know who you are? When you are secure in yourself, it doesn't matter what people think. You will be steadfast and unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. You won't give in to bullying because you know in whom you believe and you know he's able to keep that which you commit unto him against that day. Now let's get into the heart of the text. Get into the heart of the text. Matthew 28, I'm gonna read verses one through eight. We'll pause every now and then for a highway break, but we're gonna read Matthew 28, one through eight. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Mary had poured out her alabaster box, her heart was broken, but she loved Jesus. She loved him. She's the one who Jesus said, the one who is forgiven much, loves much. And then he looked at the other people who were so religious, feel like they've been holy all their life. He said, the one who's forgiven little, loves little. And he said, everywhere the gospel of the kingdom is preached, her story will be told. Mary Magdalene came and even though she was in pain, she was distraught, love brought her to the tomb. She didn't expect to find him alive. She just wanted to know, where have you laid him? Where have you laid the Lord? Some of you need to seek him out. Even if you're not convinced that he's alive, just seek him out and God will send help. Because when you seek him, he promised, that you'll find him. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Now, this is the second earthquake because when he was on the cross on Friday, on Friday, now it's Sunday, when he gave up the ghost and said it was finished, the whole earth quaked. Everything turned dark. And it was that earthquake was evidence that he had power over death because in the 27th chapter of Matthew, it says the graves opened up in Jerusalem. And those who were dead began to walk around Zion. I pray that God would open up some graves and people who are bound would come out and walk around. Let there be an earthquake in this place and let the tombs open up. And those who were dead, can you imagine their relatives who went to their funeral Say, what? They say, you know what? Jesus came and visited me today. And he said, loose me and let me go. And I was no longer in Lodabar. I was set free. He comes to set somebody free. Because wherever he is, there is freedom. Nothing can hold you. Nothing can hold us. Once he comes to set us free, because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Indeed, what does it mean to be free indeed? My deeds show my liberty. See, I'm in bondage when I do things according to my flesh or my lust. That's not freedom, that's bondage. That means I'm entangled in the yoke of bondage. But when I'm free, I can follow him without obstruction. You You can't get me to move off my square to move off my square, I'm, I'm straight up hood today. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Are you getting this? So look at what happened. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. See, that's how you know this is the angel that came. It's First of all, identified as the angel of the Lord. And secondly, descended from where? From heaven. Okay, this is the right one. Because there are some angels, the Bible says one third of the angels in heaven, and I don't know how many billions there are, followed the serpent. His tail brought them down to earth. They're demons. Demons are real. There are spirits who try to move us away from the will of God. Some of them can be persuasive. The Bible says that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. That's why we have to know him. We have to know him, not question him, but know him. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. See, this is what I love. When when someone comes someplace, Dr. Joy, that they don't belong, they don't hang around. You wanna leave the scene of the crime. See, the crime was committed by the devil. When the angel rolled it away, sat there. Who gonna make me move? You think you can make me move? Come on. You feeling froggy? Leap over here today. I'm not from here. Do you know where I'm from? I just came from heaven. And God has given me everything I need to take care of you. I want you to know that you are not powerless. Heaven has endued you with power. God doesn't want us buffeted about. He doesn't want circumstances distracting us. He don't want our mind on those things. He wants us to believe him. Somebody say, I believe God. I trust God. I know that he can. So the angel is sitting there and they give us a little more information. His countenance... Was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. See, this he wasn't just a spirit, because the spirit doesn't need clothes. It's a being, a created being. And see, he's a part of the kingdom that Jesus rules. So he comes to that place. See, I'm not from here. See. When I need help I go to the one who can dispatch somebody from heaven and take care of my circumstances and then they sit there until the job is finished. Until the job is finished. Bob, you good? You good? No, no, stay there for a little longer because I don't know. I don't trust this dude. I don't know. He looks a little shady but that's how heaven works, his angels, he gives charge over us. There are things in our life, here I want to take a moment to get into this I'm not from here thing. Can I do that for a minute? But I'm not talking about me, I'm not from, I'm talking about Jesus, he's not from here. If there's anyone listening to me in this room or on the live stream who is not convinced that Jesus is the Son of God. I want you to think about this. Because the people who were guarding that door were guarding it because they were given orders to hold, put the stone there, the stone that was so big, like we ain't got a word; nobody can roll that away. But they weren't dealing with earthly beings. One angel pff, rolled the stone away. And it must have been so easy. He wasn't sitting down to rest. He was sitting down waiting for Mary because she loved God and she was seeking him. It's like, I got to give you some information. I got to tell you what to tell his people because his disciples are depressed. They're hiding. Adam was hiding. The disciples are hiding. See, that's what the devil wants to do is to get us into hiding and being fearful because fear paralyzes They're hiding, it's like, I gotta wait for Mary because Mary loved him enough to come. I gotta give her a message to go and tell them so they can be encouraged, so they can be encouraged. The son of God, the son of God. Every seed produces after its kind. Can a lion produce a tiger? Can a rabbit produce a squirrel? Can a human produce a cow? Jesus, had the circumstances of his birth, the miraculous nature, wasn't simply the virgin birth, because there have been other virgin births through. Artificial insemination, IVF, and other things. Virgins who've never known a man have babies. It's documented. Look it up. Get in your browser. I would show you, but I had to put Siri to sleep because she was too disruptive. But it's true. It's true. If you know it's true, somebody nod your head. So the virgin birth is just part of the evidence, but that doesn't seal it. What seals it is, he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Joseph had nothing to do with it. There's no artificial insemination that can do that. So that tells you, if Mary was his mother, then who's his father? The one who impregnated him. And so now, when he's born every seed produces after his kind, he becomes like his father. It's like the Blackwells. You see the, the son is looking at his father imitating him. Jesus imitates his father. His father is God, therefore his son is God. His son is God. Just like a, a lion can't produce a tiger, God can only produce God himself. That's why he said, prepare me a body. I'll go down to do thy will, O God. It is written of me. And they killed him. Come on, in the volume of the book. They killed him because they couldn't believe that he was God. Truth was right in their presence and they try to lock truth up up in a tomb. They weren't just killing Jesus because they heard him say, there's not one stone going to be left on this temple. You know this place you worship? The day is coming that not one stone will be left on another. But you're going to tear this body down and in three days, I'm going to raise it up again. This building is, is not, it's temporary, but I'm going to raise up this temple that you crucified three days. And Caiaphas said, you remember he talked about he was gonna raise up again? I want you to guard it. That's why they were there guarding. I want you to guard it and make sure his disciples don't come and steal him. Because I know what they're gonna try to do. They're gonna try to make us look foolish. When they come, you don't let them. It doesn't matter what the enemy plots, they were there guarding it. They were so afraid, afraid they couldn't move. Let me show you something. Let me show you something in the Word. And this is how God distinguishes us from the world. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him. And what did they become like? They're at a tomb. They're still alive, but they're like dead men. They're like dead men. A dead man can't guard anything. They see what happened. They experienced the earthquake, and now when they look at the angel of God, they're like dead men. Go to verse five. But the angel answered and said to the women, See, the dead man, he left them dead because they chose to be dead. He gave them no encouragement. That's the privilege of knowing him. But he says something to the women. Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. See, that's the heart of the message today. Seek Jesus, the risen king. Tell your neighbor, seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The others, here's what I want you to see. They experience the same earthquake. But the world, let's say, is shaken and afraid. Those who seek Him got encouragement from heaven. Don't be afraid. Heaven will always encourage you. Don't be afraid. There's some things you're supposed to be doing. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear hold you back. I know you feel like you're not equipped. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Heaven is going to help you. Heaven is going to help you. All you have to do is seek him. Don't be afraid. God has not given you the spirit again to fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. Don't be afraid. Don't you dare be afraid. You're not by yourself. The dead man. The dead men were paralyzed, but he said to the women, don't be afraid. Why? Because I know you seek Jesus. They hadn't even found him yet. They hadn't seen his body. It's just seeking him. Somebody in here, I hope you're hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. If you just seek him, heaven will encourage you. Before you find him, he'll send encouragement. They had not seen him yet but he said, don't be afraid, because I know you seek him, because God knows the heart. He knows when you're seeking him. He knew that Pilate was making statements. He wasn't serious. If Pilate was serious about knowing who Jesus was, he would have been saved. He was drunk with power, and it blinded him. The truth was in front of him. And now you have these guards who are trying to withhold the truth and they're trying to keep it from the people of God. I promise you, there are those in the earth and it's not flesh and blood. It's the angels that have left their first estate. Demonic forces that wanna keep you from the truth. Lying to you, making you fearful, holding you back. When God is saying go ahead, when God is saying you can do it, the devil wants to put doubt in your mind because doubt is the gateway to fear. Has God said? Has God said? Come on, God knows when you do this, this is gonna happen. He's lying. The devil is the father of lies. Father means source. There's a source of lies and there's a source of truth. He wants us all to know the truth and because Mary Magdalene and the mother and the other Mary purposed in their heart to seek him. They were encouraged. I promise you, if you seek him, you'll have encouragement. Things could be going bad, but you'll still be encouraged. Things could be going in a direction different than you expected, but you'll still be encouraged. Their objective of going there, they went to the tomb. They went to the tomb. They never expected to find Jesus alive. If you seek him, wherever you seek him, you'll get encouragement and instruction. You'll get encouragement from heaven and instruction. Somebody say encouragement and instruction. You'll know what your next move ought to be. The enemy deceives us, and then he leaves us flapping in the wind. He said, do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. Before, he was not from here, and now he's not here. For he is risen, as he said, he'll do what he said he'll do. I know you came to the tomb seeking him, but he's not here. He's risen just as he said. I know you doubted it when things didn't turn out the way you thought, but I wanna tell you, he, just as he said, that's how it happened. I'll be the witness. If I'm not willing to be a witness, God will send a witness from heaven to let you know that his word is true that what he said he'll do that's what he'll do he said just as he said come see the place where the lord lay and go somebody said go say go somebody say go come on say louder go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. God is saying to somebody, go quickly. Go quickly. Go quickly and tell somebody that he is risen from the dead. From the dead. Here are people who are there in the presence of the same angels, but they're like dead men. They don't have a word. They don't have any encouragement. The only instruction they got, they can't even carry it out. Their instruction was guard this tomb and don't let anybody in. They guarded the tomb and the angels are still sitting there saying, I, you know what? This is not B and E breaking an entry for all you lawful people, breaking an entry. I'm still here and now there's nothing they can do. They're paralyzed because fear paralyzes. God doesn't want a state of paralysis to fall on his children. What God wants is for us to be free. He wants us to go quickly. Go and tell somebody he's risen. He's alive. He is alive. Dead folk can't do that. That's why dry bones have to live. And you know, there's something about the sentence of death that doesn't appear. Do you know when God told Adam and Eve, on the day you eat this, you shall surely die? He ate it at around age 130. He died at 930 years. He lived another 800 years. But he died just like God said. And sometimes in our lives, there are things that we're seduced to do, and it looks good and it feels good. And I hate to do this to this beautiful flower. It's living. Oh, that hurts somebody. <laughs> that caused pain. I have to make sure it's real. This has been detached from the vine. Still green, still looks like life. But if I did an experiment and I leave it here until next week, you'll find it withered and it's gone, it's dead. That happens to everyone who's detached from the vine. He said, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. Abide in me and I in you. We need the nutrients for life, that's in him. It can only flow through him. And what the devil wants to do is pluck us from the vine. And we still walk around that we're like we're alive. But it won't be long before the filament in this leaf will fail it and it will become corrupted. He has made us incorruptible, we are unperishable. You shall not perish if you're in him. But I got good news. He's able to reattach us to the vine. We know that as Gentiles, because we've been grafted in. You've heard of skin grafting. This is better than skin grafting. This is grafting from heaven. He's grafted us into the vine, and we're like wild olive branches, and an olive branch, their roots go deep. We're like wild olive branches, and when you crush the olive, oil comes out. Devil, you can crush me, but the oil is going to flow, because when I'm crushed, oil flows. Our God is awesome. There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. He's one of a kind. So let's go to the next verse. Next verse. It's Easter, can I go a few more minutes? A few more, our guests, our visitors, is, is it all right? Can I go a little bit longer? All right, good. I hope that was a visitor who said yes. Let's go to, he is risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going before you. I want to encourage everybody who goes, everybody who goes out, he goes before you. He goes before you. He goes before you. When you get there, he's already there. He's already prepared hearts. He's already prepared the environment. He's already there. Probably the most blessed person in Jerusalem at that time was Joseph of Arimathea because he gave Jesus a tomb that was borrowed that he thought that was it, it's the end. And the Bible says he's a just man so he gave it charitable. But Jesus knew it's borrowed because I only needed three days. I, I got you. I'll give it back. So imagine Jesus laid there and the Holy Ghost woke him up. Can you imagine? My God. Can you imagine the spirit of God that was in that place? Do you remember when Elisha the prophet died and a band of Ishmaelites came? and they had a dead body, and they threw it on the bones of Elisha. They threw it on his bones, and the man stood up and lived. Can you imagine the life that was in that tomb? So when Joseph's turn came to die, and they laid him in in that tomb, his dead body was probably quickened. Jesus said, no, 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 not now. You're not Lazarus. You're not Lazarus. I don't want you to get up now. I don't want you to get up now. Come up hither. Come up hither. Let your body stay there, but come up hither. Can you imagine if the bones of Elisha that was long dead had an anointing on it that caused the dead man to live? How much more the tomb that I don't think you get this. That anointing. It's something, and that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken our mortal bodies. That same one, not another one, that same one. All right, let me go. I just got a couple more verses, and, and now we're going to go to, can you put up the next verse? I don't even know what the next verse is, but you you do. You do, that's why I have help. Come and see the place. Come and see the place. Put that up. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So now the angel did what they're supposed to do, they rolled away the stone. They encouraged them, they gave them instruction, and now they gave a word. Now they can get up and go back to heaven. All right, let's go. So they ran out quickly from the tomb. Here's what I want you to see. I'm going to close on this. With fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Those who weren't seeking him were gripped with fear. All they had was fear. But those who were seeking him, who experienced the same earthquake, the same trauma, went with great joy. He said, in the world, you'll have tribulation but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And I'm telling you this so that your joy might be filled, might be full. God wants you to be full of joy. It doesn't matter if you've suffered trauma. It doesn't matter if you are afraid of something. He'll give you joy that'll override the fear because those who were fearful stayed at the tomb. The women... Start running. Come and see the Lord. He's risen. He got up. And even though they didn't believe him, the disciples didn't believe him, they went and found them in hiding. Somebody's in hiding. You need to go quickly and tell them that he is risen. He'll give you joy that is unspeakable and full of glory even when you're afraid. He'll infuse you with joy so that you're not paralyzed. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Move. He'll go before you. He'll be right there. When you get there, he'll give you instruction. He'll give you a word. He'll give you encouragement. He'll open your eyes so you can see. And the things that make others afraid will give you joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what strengthens us. That's what strengthens us. Stand for a moment. May you know great joy. May you know great joy by experience. May your life, may your works, may the works of your hands, may you confront your problems with great joy. Joy is enduring. Happiness is fleeting because happiness is circumstantial. When good things happen, I'm happy. When bad things happen, I'm sad. But when you have joy, joy can dwell in the midst of every emotion because joy is not an emotion. It's an impartation from God. It's an impartation from God. There might be some people, for the first time in almost three years since the pandemic, we, we were forced to open the balcony because there wasn't enough room. This place, this place. to see not too long that that it was God who said this place come on this place every eye closed and every head bowed Father we thank you for generational blessing We thank you for the power of your resurrection that has come to give us life, brand new life. And that life is more abundant than anything, any pleasure that the world can offer. May we discern destruction, even when it's disguised as pleasure. May we know the truth. I pray that you would touch somebody's heart right now. Make it good soil that they might hear your voice. They don't know what they're feeling. They don't know what they're sensing. But bid them to come. To seek you. Because you are the King of Kings and you are the Lord of Lords. There is no life apart from you. The enemy desires to pluck them from the vine. But they're here today so there's still time to be grafted in. Do what only you can do. Every eye still closed. If you're in this room and you want to know him, really know him, and to seek him earnestly. Raise your hand right where you are. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, I see your hand. Why are you Yes. Hands up. Put them up high. Put them up high. Yes. I see hands in the balcony. I see hands in the balcony. Even though there's no light up there, the light of the world allows me to see it. Every hand that is raised, someone who is near to them, I want you to touch them. I'm not going to ask them to come forward, but I want you to touch them. And then every one of you who have your hands raised, after the service, I want you to come up. It's so good to see young people with their hands raised. God is doing something. I hope you have eyes to see. I hope we steward well. Father, I pray for these who want to earnestly seek you. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a way that is undeniably you. Speak to them in the night season. Let them not be distracted by the pleasures of sin. They confess today before you that you are Lord and that they are sinners. Change them. Wash them. Teach them raise them up, and make us faithful stewards of the ministry that you've given us stewardship. Bless them now that they might be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in service today.